Amen. Man, I don't know about you, but I so needed to hear that. Man, give God a round of applause, man. He is unshakable. He has the final word today, and I want to remind you of that. And man, I don't know about you, but I so needed to hear that this morning. Thank you, Tanner, leading in this. Uh, man, my name is Terry Pierce. I get the wonderful privilege of being the lead pastor here at Connect Church for a really long time. And uh, we're in our final message this morning in this sermon series called God With Us. And uh, man, it just, and uh, you know what? I'm going to loosen up this morning. I'm going to get wild and crazy. Uh, if Tanner can move the stage around in a Baptist church, I'm going to put my Bible on the right side of the podium instead of the left. I've never done that. I've never preached with the Bible on this side instead of the left. But we're going to get crazy in here today, all right? Uh, and so really radical. I'm going to change up stuff. This is a big move. Uh, but anyway, we're glad you guys are here today. And, uh, and so we are uh, hope that the Holy Spirit, I believe he's got a word for you guys this morning. Now, I'm going to talk to you today. Now, hang with me because um, this is going to be a side of me that you've never seen before that you didn't know. And we're going to have a little bit of fun with this here for just a second this morning. It's going to introduce the message for you all today. But um, I love soul music. And so it's not funny. Uh, and don't judge me. Uh, just because of what I look like doesn't mean that I don't have a soul side, my brother. All right? And so I just want you to underst understand this morning uh, that uh, we're going to share with you a little bit of soul music today. And uh, we're going to get a little groovy. And, uh, and can you dig it? <laughs> So anyway, uh, I'm going to stop. So anyway, uh, but we're glad you guys are here this morning, and we're going to share with you. Did you know, just to tell you how hip I am, uh, did you know that the music pioneers, um, the soul music pioneers, they were called crooners back in the day. They were called crooners. And one of my all-time favorite soul music brothers is Marvin Gaye. And you might not know the name per se, if you're older like me this morning, but what you probably don't know about Marvin Gaye is that, because um, if you're not as cool as I am, is that he grew up in a pastor's home. He grew up in a pastor's home in, the, in, in Washington, D.C. neighborhood. He um, became the poster of the unique sound the smooth romantic ballads with hits like these, and maybe you'll remember them. Sweet it is to be loved by you. Or maybe this one you remember. Through the great And my personal favorite right here. That ain't no mountain high enough. Ain't no 
mountain low enough Ain't no mountain high enough And I know that we've got folks leaving now, but anyway, we're glad you guys stayed with us this morning, so walking down a little bit of soul music memory lane, and I said all that to say this this morning, because Marvin, uh, as he would go on and write more music, he grew up in the 60s and 70s, as some of us did, and, but as his music and the culture around him would begin to change, his music would begin to change, and from those sounds that we remember that were about love and hope, his artistic skills would begin to change as the Vietnam War and the terrible 60s and 70s and all of the devastation. And Marvin would begin to write songs as black America would struggle to even have the basic civil rights. And through the pain and through the darkness, he would begin to write lesser known songs that you may not be aware of. And they were filled with despair, fear, and dare I even say darkness. He would write songs like What's Going On, Inner City Blues, and finally Mercy, Mercy Me. And Marvin Gaye's chronicles in these songs would shift from the light of what we just listened to to a much darker side. And he legitimately was lamenting the disenfranchised in our country in those days, uh, the poverty in the inner cities, civil rights movement, the Vietnam War, I get all of that, but it was like he became obsessed with the cultural darkness and lost vision of the light and the hope. So we enter into 2022. I sense, not just in our country, but as a shepherd of this community, that we're entering into a season, and some of you are personally going through it, in a dark season, where the culture around us is negative, the experiences in your personal life are disenfranchised with certain groups, Folks, we hate each other. We fight over a vaccine. And we can't get along. And in the midst of the shadows that surround us, can I take you back to a place 2,000 years ago where the political climate was extremely dark. There was prejudice on every corner. And yet, in the midst of the shadow of darkness came the light. The light of hope and promise and vitality. And today, I want to take us back and I want to remind you this morning that just as Marvin Gaye seemed to lose sight of that light and that hope, I tend to think that too many of us are living in the shadows of darkness in this season of our life. And I want to remind you today that God is still the light. Would you turn your Bibles, if you will, to Luke chapter 1, verse 57 through 80? And this is the title of my message today, The Light That Shines in Your Shadows, in Your Personal Shadows, whatever you're walking through, whatever season that you're in, I want to remind you today that the light still shines. When God acts, we should listen. Let me say that again to you this morning as you're turning to Luke chapter 1. 
And don't worry if you don't have your Bibles, we're going to have it up on the screen for you this morning. Man, we're glad that you guys are in the house today watching online. But here, let me say this statement again. When God acts, A-C-T-S, when God acts, we should listen. The priest Zechariah, as we learned a few weeks ago here in Luke chapter 1, and what we do at Connect Church is we just walk you through the Bible. Uh, we're in the Gospel of Luke in this season of our life. Uh, it's a long book. We'll probably be there for a decade, not really. But anyway, uh, but as we walk through Luke chapter 1, uh, we understand and see that Zechariah, we learned a few weeks ago, that he's in a difficult, dark, shadowy season of his life. And sometimes, just like Zechariah, who disobeyed God when the angel told him he was going to have a child, John the Baptist. Sometimes the shadows that you and I are in are because of our own lack of faith and obedience to God. You think about Zechariah. You think about how much you struggle, I struggle. Zechariah was told, Bubba, at around the age probably most scholarship tells us about 70, dude, you're going to have a kid. If I tell Bubba that, he goes on to glory. I mean, he's out, uh, so, you know, he's, he's struggling anyway right now. So, uh, man, you're going to have a kid. And Deanna goes, what? Anyway, uh, but, uh, but, but, man, you, you just think about this shocker. It's nearly sitting, the angel tells him, and Zachariah goes, oh, heck no. <laughs> you know, you got the wrong dude, man. I'm sorry. Man, I appreciate angels. This is really a cool moment. I'm in the Holy of Holies. Oh, no. No, you got, dude, that, that young priest down there, you need to go talk to him. Uh, you know, there's no way it's me. And when that happened, as you guys learned two weeks ago, that Zachariah was struck without being able to speak for his lack of faith. Could you imagine poor Miss Elizabeth? Could you all imagine Miss Boleyn if the Lord struck me and I couldn't talk? Man, I would drive her absolutely insane, more than normal. Uh, and so, so he's went nine months, guys, without a preacher, without being able to talk. And as, as a righteous man as he was, though, and this is the key that you're going to get today. Zachariah, listen to me this morning. In the dark shadows of his silence, listen to me this morning. This is where God wants you all to land. In the dark shadows of his silence, of God's discipline in his life, he listened for God. And we're going to find out this morning what he learned about God. And that God wants to do the same thing in your life. Guys, learn in the moments of silence. Learn how to listen for God in the discipline of your life, and I promise you, he will bring the light to your situation. Hang in there. Luke chapter 1, it's a really lengthy text this morning, and you guys are filled up with turkey and ham, so let's stand up this morning. There's no way I can keep you awake, so we're going to get you guys to do a little exercise this morning. Um, ain't no mountain high enough. Man, that song's going to sing in my head all day. All right, anyway, uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 57. And now the time has come for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. And her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. And on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they would have called him Zachariah after his father. But his mother answered, No, he shall be called John. And they said to her, None of your relatives is called by this name. And they made signs to his father, remember Zechariah couldn't speak, inquiring what he wanted him to be called. 
and he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, his name is John. Zachariah had changed. And they all wondered. And immediately his mouth was open and his tongue was loosed. And he spoke and the blessings uh, of God. And fear came upon all the neighbors and all those things that they were talked about throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them laid up in their hearts saying, What then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with him. And his, his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. And as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show us the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, that the earth that he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear and in holiness and righteousness before him all of our days. And you, child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for he will go before the Lord to prepare his way to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins. And here's what you want to underline. Because... Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give us, what? Light to those who sit in darkness in the shadow of death. Somebody say amen. And to guide our feet in the way of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. You may be seated. Zechariah now believes, and because he now believes, God gives him his words back. And he begins to testify of the great joy and this light of salvation and hope uh, in the midst of the shadow of darkness that surrounded the culture, that surrounded his own personal experience. And I know, again, listen to me this morning, there's... Those of you that are watching, those of you in the house, there are some of you that are, feel like you are in the most shadowy, dark season of your life. I promise you, Zechariah understands. Nine months, he disobeyed God. He was experiencing his discipline, could not speak, didn't know what was before him, still trying to process it all. He was walking through a season waiting on God to speak into his life. He needed the light. And all of Zachariah's kinfolks gather around them. You, don't you, how many of y'all had such a blast with family? How many of you are glad to be in church today with that? All right. Anyway, uh, so the truth of the matter is that he gathers around family, and they gather around him, and they have the baby. And because of this season, John the Baptist has now been born in the context of our passage today. And at this age, you take the baby, the fulfillment of the Old Testament law to have the baby circumcised and to have the baby named. So this is fulfillment of the Old Testament law. And they're there and the family gathers around. It's a holy occasion. And Elizabeth announces to the family. And you all know, man, we're in the South. Man, you can name that baby. That's an important deal. And she names the baby and she says, and they ask her, and of course, Zachariah still can't talk at this point. And Elizabeth tells all the kinfolks, 
We're going to call him John. And they're like, what? No offense, Sheffield and, and John, but uh, anyway, but uh, they just, they're like, why would you call anybody John? You know, and so uh, they're like, John, and, and you know, and <laughs> I thought of you guys when I wrote the message. Anyway, and they're like, John, why would you call anybody John? And the family's like, you're, you know, you've waited 70 flipping years for a baby, and you're going to call the baby John? And you can almost just hear it in the text. And immediately, Zachariah gets ticked. I can just see him now. You know, he's a preacher, so he's just, his hands are going nuts, Mike. And so he's like, bring me over the table. And in those days, they didn't obviously have writing tablets, so you would sit down at a table, and it would have wax on the table, and you, that's, you know, the, the, you know they didn't have Xerox, okay, uh, 2,000 years ago. And so, so he would write with his finger on the table, and he simply, and, and I could just see him pressing a hole. This preacher could not talk. He's pressing a hole. His name is John, because that's what God said he's going to be called. And immediately, his voice came back because he demonstrated the faith of obedience. Living in the shadows can be lonely and very un unsatisfying. And yet somehow, if we're not careful, Zachariah, for nine months, has been living in the sh shadow of not being able to speak God's discipline in his life. And if you're not, comfort if you're not careful, you'll get comfortable in the darkness. Man, I look around a room this size, those of you watching at home, and maybe you're even, some of you, a few of you maybe even at home this morning because you're just, you're barely tuned in and you don't want to go to church anymore because you've gotten comfortable in the shadows. It's easy to play it safe. Depression, discouragement, I don't want to see the light. I really don't want help. We don't say it. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all been there? I have. Well, we're really not wanting the light. We're comfortable in the shadows. <laughs> so let me tell you how crazy and stupid this really is for us to live this way. You ever... Uh, <laughs> You ever get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and have to go to the bathroom? Anybody? Don't worry. About 40 years from now, you will know what it's like because you'll have to go to the bathroom at 3 a.m. Anyway, uh, and so it's just part of growing old. Uh, so uh, there is nothing more treacherous, especially if your grandkids have been at the house this weekend, or if you don't do what your wife tells you to do, how many times has she told you, men, pick up your shoes, Put up your clothes and don't leave them in the floor. But I'm tired. I just want to go to bed. And so what happens at 3 a.m.? You trip over the John Brown shoes. You get your drawers hung up on your foot. And you fall. <laughs> That's not in my notes, I promise. I have no idea why that came to my brain. Uh, anyway, sorry. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I'm going to get killed. My wife's in children's church. Do not tell her. All right. Uh, anyway, and so you, tr you trip over the clothes or the shoes in the floor, 
and then you wind up and you're doing a James Brown dance because you got stuff on you and you're trying to, you know, figure out how to get to the bathroom or the kitchen. And uh, man, you got, you know, you got shoes on, you got clothes on you, and, and you're walking around 3 a.m. And, and, and you know, you're not turning on the light. For one, she's going to kill you if you do. But two, you're like, man, I got this figured out. I lived in this house. I know this house. What's all this stupid stuff? And then it happens where y'all lose all Christianity. At that point, you're dancing around like James Brown, and you stub your toe on the, on the, on the end of the bedpost. And man, is there not any unholy thing that comes out of your mouth at that point? And even if you don't say an inappropriate word, man, you're thinking it. Because don't look at me, you Baptist hypocrites. Uh, and so you are thinking it, and, and it's probably coming out. And man, and all of a sudden, and you know what you do? If you're a man, you know what you do? You're muddling under your, you're, you're not stupid, but you're muddling under your bread. I don't know why she had to put that bedroom right, I mean, that, be, that bed right in the middle of this floor. And, and you're the one that hit the post. But anyway, you're blaming her. Uh, and you hit that post. And is there nothing in life that hurts more than jamming your toe into a bedpost? I don't know where that pain comes from, but man, it radiates through your whole body. And you're thinking to yourself, you know what it would have prevented all of this? If I wasn't so stupid and go click and turned on the light. Because it exposes, are you with me this morning? It exposes all the obstacles in your way. And the truth of the matter is, is many of you emotionally and spiritually this morning are walking around and you've become comfortable in the dark. You're scared of the light. You don't really want, you, you, your personality type is if I turn on the light, I'm going to see how bad and messy it really is. I'm going to see the dangers that are out there. And so if I just stick my head in the sand, I continue to stay away from church, from God, and from everything holy. If I just stay away from it, then I won't see the bad. The bad is still there. The light is intended to guide you around the obstacles to where he wants you to go. And we've forgotten that. So the lesson that we learn from Zechariah in Luke 157 is that in these shadows in the darkness that you become comfortable with, here's the lesson I want you to write down. You may think you're okay. You may think you're okay when you're not. And listen, I, I mean, if you come here to church here, you got to know, I don't sugarcoat stuff. I'm not the rah-rah, make-you-feel-good guy. I'm going to tell you the truth of what the gospel is. When you may think you're okay, when you're not okay. You may think you know what you're doing. Man, I got this. I built this house. I know how to get from my bed to the bathroom. But you don't. You, know what you're, you think you know what you're doing when you don't know what you're doing. And folks, God cannot help us. He could not relieve Zechariah from the shadows until Zechariah recognized God's authority. All because you're trying to do your thing in the dark. If we just turned on the light. Folks, this morning, I want to help you turn on the light of Jesus Christ in your heart and your life. And it's a good thing. Today's about the light. It's about what the light can help you overcome. 
Zechariah teaches the world the value of living in the light. So let me ask you this morning, how are you doing at following the light? Are you allowing God to show you what is painful in your life, which you've been running from? Are you allowing his Holy Spirit to do, not Brother Terry, not a Baptist religion, not some kind of doctrine, not, not some concept that you have. I'm talking about the light and the presence of Jesus Christ in your heart, in your life, the Holy Spirit working in you, in you, in you, and in me, where I live at, how I live. He cares about me. He wants to help me. My problem is I don't keep looking for the light. And so the light, we call this discipleship at Connect Church. Following the light, this is the story of the gospel. Get out your notes this morning, and I'm going to share with you two applications today. Just two applications this morning to this text of helping you and I discover what it means to let the light shine in our shadows. Number one, God's light brings you personal joy and praise. Well, we see in the text that God's light brings you personal joy and praise. Write that down because you're going to want to remember this theological truth. Luke's narrative shows us that Zechariah is a type of Israel. And what I mean by that, and this is a little bit of theology, but you need to just get the bigger picture. <clears throat> Zechariah is a type of Israel. And for those of you that know scripture, in the Old Testament, Israel would be blessed by God and said, I'm going to raise up a group of people just like he did Zechariah. I'm going to call you out to be a priest. You're going to have a holy calling in your life. Israel, you're going to have a holy calling in your life. And if you choose to follow me and, and follow this calling on your life, Mark, what I'm going to do is I'm going to bless your life. Now, you're going to have all kinds of challenges. You're going to have enemies. You're going to have all of these uh, headaches and stuff in your life. But I will be with you. I will fight for you. I will fight for you, and all you got to do is follow me. And you know what Israel did? You're not going to believe this. What idiots. They forgot about God. They started worshiping idols, and they did it their way, and it totally screwed up their whole nation. Zechariah, same thing. You're gonna, I'm going to give you a kid. You, you and your wife have been praying. Don't you love it when the preacher's been praying, and the angel says, all right, we're going to answer that prayer. Oh, no, you got the wrong dude. How many times do we live in the shadows and we're walking around because we don't believe in God? God wants to bring you personal joy and praise, and even when he gives it to us, we don't know how to accept it. Zechariah testifies to this. Because of the tender mercy of God, whereby the sunrise shall visit from us on high, to do what? To give light to those in darkness and the shadow of death. This is our key verse today, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Zechariah had endured nine months of God's discipline in his life. A preacher that couldn't talk. What a nightmare. And yet, by his mercy, God would lead Zechariah just like he wants to do in your life, out of the shadows and into the light. Now look at me this morning. <clears throat> this is not my nose, so this is a little free one. I love the Holy Spirit. And what he's telling me, you all need right now. I don't know who you are. But some of you are living in this shadow of darkness right now, today. And it's been long enough. 
It's been long enough. You need to turn on the light. And not only for some of you to grow comfortable, but I think what the Holy Spirit wants to speak into some of y'all's life, and the truth of the matter is, is that you feel guilty, and you should. You've beat yourself up, and you've listened to the liar, and here's what the devil's been telling you. You made a huge mistake. You had something bad happen in your life. Maybe it was your fault. Maybe it was somebody else's fault, but whatever, whatever happened in your life, you've never gotten over it. You have been running from God ever since, and in your darkness and in the shadows of your life of just trying to get through, you, you just are terrified that God honestly will not take you back, and you have, may have been taught that junk from a religion. You may have been taught all of this stupid lie from hell, but I'm telling you here today, God loves you. He wants you back. He wants you back. And if you run into the light, he will take you as you are. Somebody say amen. Because I'm living, flipping testimony of that. God loves us unmerciful. I have no idea why he keeps on loving me, Josh, because I keep on failing him. His mercy is never ending. Run to the light, run to the light. He never gives up on us. That's good. He loves us unconditionally. All right, now back to the sermon. So Zechariah testifies of God's ways. What just happened in my life? I, I kid you not, I did not plan for this. And immediately his mouth was open and his tongue loosed and spoke blessing God. And fear came on all their neighbors and all those things they were talked about through all the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them laid them up in their hearts saying, what then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with him. God blesses you with personal, personal joy and peace when you follow him. Are you tired? of living in the shadows. Here's what you need to know. Let me tie some theology with you guys. Discipline is not judgment. Write this down. Discipline is not judgment. God doesn't punish his servants. He trains them. Yes, I know when we final judgment, I get all that. But I'm talking about in this context, Discipline is meant to train us to do better. It's just like with you and your kids. Just because your kids don't do the wrong thing, I mean, because, just because your kids does the wrong thing. <clears throat> and by the way, is there no greater joy than a parent for you to work your backside off, spend all that money on the flipping present, and then they open it up and they play with a stupid box? What a joy of the season. I should have bought my kid four boxes, some tape, and, uh, and let him go at it. And, and so anyway, uh, through, and, and, and when the kids do the wrong things, and they tear and they fight just because it's Christmas, they still fight, they still argue, you bring discipline into their life because you want them to do better. And God does the same in our life. Here's three, uh, here's two rules that I want to give you this morning real quickly that you learn from spiritual discipline that happened in Zach, Zachariah's life. Number one. And these are great lessons to learn. Dr. Daryl Bach, New Testament commentator, Bible scholar, says this. Number one, learn in silence. I love this. For nine months, Zachariah was silent and all alone. 
and he allowed God to speak into his life. Do you know what's changed so much about Belinda and I in the last few years? We keep yelling at you guys this, and we, we've really just simplified. We've done away with most all of our programs at our church. Do you know what's changed Belinda and I? Why we love ministry more than we ever have after 30 years? is because we just hang out with Jesus. We do our hear journals, and we do our prayer time. We've got a whole room set up in our house that we just talk with Jesus every day. Remember the old song, where's it at, Tanner? Just a little talk with Jesus uh, makes it right. Uh, amen. And uh, let's go ahead and play. Now, anyway, uh, but, uh, and I'm just telling you, but that's it. It's just, it's just every day hanging out with Jesus. Because I don't know how your life goes, but my life's screwed up. I'm just going to tell you, anybody that tells you differently that, what am I, 50, almost, I'm 57 next month, bring presents. Anyway, uh, it's my love language. Uh, but anyway, uh, so, <laughs> but I'm just kidding. No, I'm not really kidding. Anyway, uh, so the truth of the matter is, though, uh, is that, man, anybody tells you that 57, man, that's a new 37, they're a liar. I'm just telling you, if, if 57 gets worse than 56, come get me now because I ain't going to make it. It sucks. But know this. Every day, I walk with Jesus. And no matter how I feel, whether I have a heart surgery in February, a spinal surgery in August, almost get killed in a car wreck in November, I don't give a rip because I woke up in December and Jesus said, I still love you, Terry. Faults, wars, weakness and all, I got your back. And you're going to preach on today and tell people I am good. Folks, we need to walk and talk with Jesus. It makes us better. It gives us the daily energy. We call this discipleship at Connect Church. Folks, if you want to see the light, I, I don't know how else to yell at you guys anymore. You need to go get your hair journals. Tanner's got them printed out there. We got them online. And you guys need to get your backsides back into the Word. You need to start off this year and say, you know what? I don't care what happens. You, you, you learn in silence. Listen at me. I'm going to get a little preachy, but you all need to hear this. You cannot enjoy God's peace and joy if you're not listening to him. If all you're spending your time on, and you don't have time to do my hair journal, but yet... When I get my Google apps, it says that I've increased my time on my phone by seven hours this week. Uh, wonder why I can't give God 10 minutes a day. Shut up. Well, I don't have any joy and I don't have any peace in my life and my family and, and my job and all this. But you spend all flipping day on your phone. Some of you can't even pay attention and worship because of your phone. Yeah, I went there. Seriously, we can't hear from God if we don't tune out all the other crap in this life and just listen to God. You can't hear from him when you're too busy spending your time. You learn in silence. And here's what a D group will do for you. What a discipleship, and this is, this is what my challenge is for you this morning. We've got just a minute here, so let me land here for just a second. Man, I am throwing down the gauntlet to you all this year. Every one of you at Connect Church needs to be in a discipleship group in 2022. Well, I don't know about it, and I don't do it. This is how hard it is. You get together with three or four other people in this church, and you decide that you're going to study the Gospel of John every other week, do one chapter, 
Amen, Tanner, every other week for nine, ten months. And then you guys are going to come together once every other week for maybe an hour, an hour and a half, and talk about what God spoke into your life. Here, highlight it, explain it, apply it. That's what we've not been doing in the Baptist church, applying it. Where does it fit in my life? Who cares how much Bible knowledge you know if you don't let it change the way you live where you're at? And then that discipleship group holds you accountable. Do you know what I live for? Tomorrow night, I'll meet with my D group. And I'm gonna meet with Brooks and Tony and, and uh, what's your name, Josh? And, uh, and Scott, and you know what we're gonna talk about is what God spoke to Josh in the last two weeks on John, where are we at, five or six? Five, okay, and uh, John chapter five. And it's gonna be the highlight of my week. I love you guys. But tomorrow night will be the highlight of my week. And all we're going to be discussing is what God is speaking into our lives. That's why you need encouragement in a small group. You don't have to have, Belinda and I are going to be coaching a group. I mean, all of you guys, if you would like to start a group in January, Belinda and I are going to teach you how to launch a group. Just get three or other four people in this church, meet together, and hold each other accountable. Folks, we've got to learn to listen to God in silence. Number two, we've got to watch those around us. <clears throat> Another great way that God speaks into our life is he uses those that really care about us. Now, here's a quick warning. And listen to me, all of y'all, this morning. There are going to be family in Zachariah's case. And I'm talking about, yeah, I know we're in the South and we just had everybody over. But I'm talking about their family missed out on why God gave Zachariah and Elizabeth a baby. Do you know, and dare I say it, and I mean, I could get fired for this, but dare I say it. But you know what? Your family's not always right. And they're not always spiritually right. Because they're not walking with God. And what they think you need is, man, if for all of you that are single, it's that you just need a husband. Well, if we had a husband like some of y'all's, you know, anyway, I'm just saying, uh, you all just need a man. You all just need a woman. You all just need this. You all need that. You know how parents, and they love us, but man, they try to tell us stuff. You know what you need is you need Jesus. Amen. And you need to walk with him and let him fulfill you in your heart and your life. And sometimes all the advice you get in the world is from people who are not listening to God. So why are you listening to them? You need some people in a discipleship group who are walking with God, who pour into you and say, do you know what? It's okay. You just keep being you and let Jesus make and use you as you are. He made you. He created you. How about you be you and let God use you the way he made you? Somebody say amen. This is what discipleship does for us. It allows us to have people that really want to help us be more like Jesus. Run to those people. Run to those people in your life. And in those moments, God will use the discipline of your life to bring joy and praise into your life. <clears throat> Number two, wrap it up with this. God's light brings salvation and worship to the world. Zechariah prophesies and praises God for the light of the world that has come to save us. And that's what this season is about. God sends us a king. And you understand this this morning. God sends us a king that is different than the way you and I think that should be awesome and powerful. God sends us a king who doesn't defeat the enemies with a sword, but he uses his word. God sends us a king 
who rescues us not through a bloody battle, but rescues us with a light. God sends us a king who doesn't reside in a palace and to be adored. God sends us a king who walks among us and lives the life that we live so that we will see the light in him reflecting out of him and we will follow the light. Zechariah describes his own son, John, and Jesus in this way. One last time at scriptures. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his way. Talking about his own boy, John the Baptist. And what is he going to prepare the people for? For Jesus to give knowledge and salvation to his people, the forgiveness of their sins, and because of the tender mercies of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Zechariah praises God because God has come to redeem his people and we should do the same. Three reasons you and I should worship God. A little theology here this morning. This is what I want you to write down because this is what I want you to do this week. Here's how you learn to praise God, celebrate the light of his salvation. Number one, a plan of salvation. You realize that the entire Bible, from Abraham, David, the prophets, it's all about salvation. The Bible, listen to me, for all of those of you that want to study and argue about a lot of stupid stuff, let me make it real easy for you this morning. The Bible has one message, and it is salvation. The fact that Jesus Christ was sent from heaven to come to save us so we would not have to go to hell. That's it, Mark. That's it. We simply call that the gospel here at Connect Church. The purpose of salvation, that God will free us and we will be able to worship him. Anybody in here been controlled and addicted by sin, by bad stuff that's happened to your life? Well, I'm telling you this morning, maybe some of y'all ain't got it, but maybe this land that we can help you out. Are you not sick of being controlled by your fears and by the bad stuff that's happened to you? Jesus Christ came to set you free. Jesus Christ came to set you free. That's his purpose, and that's why you worship him this week. He is the prophet of salvation. John the Baptist was created to serve. Some of you are not happy and having joy and peace in your life because you've not figured out it ain't about you. The reason you find joy and peace in this church is because everything we do is about serving. Your greatest joy is when you learn to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And then finally, the peace of salvation. Zechariah says it all in our key verse in 79 this morning. He said that God's mercy, God's mercy gives us what we don't deserve. And he doesn't allow us to receive what we should have. But because of God, because of Jesus, darkness flees. Death is defeated. Jesus is truly the light of the world. Dr. Tim Keller, brilliant man of our generation, great theologian, says it this way. The gospel is this. We are most sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared to believe. Amen. Yet the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared to hope. I love that. The knowledge of his love is so deeply reshaping my life.
Can I confess to you this morning? For years, as a legalistic Baptist, and I'm sorry, I tried to guilt you all and make you feel bad. And myself, because I was searching. I believe that my goal in life was to somehow figure out and struggle to love God more. Anybody else ever been there? But I don't do that anymore because he's changed me. The truth of who he is is not about me. So here's my new struggle. Today, I struggle to fully comprehend how much my God loves me. I don't struggle to get his love. I struggle to comprehend how much he loves me and to accept it. My every day, my every day is that God lets me run into his presence. And as I run into his presence every day, he loves me, he forgives me, and he shows me the light and the way. And I'm here this morning, <laughs> not because I'm trying to get more God, because I'm just basking in his love and his mercy and his glory. That's the light. That's the light. Let it shine into your life. Shall we stand with every head bowed and every eye closed? <sighs> Father, you've revealed to us this morning a very great and powerful truth of how that we may know you and see the light into our lives. And Father, this morning, there's folks that are gathered in this place, those that are watching online. And this morning, you're just calling them out of the shadows. God, we flipped the switch this morning. Just in your text, in your holy word did, back in Zechariah's day. Today's a date of change. Today's a light, the day to see the light, see the obstacles in our life, so that you can teach us how to navigate. You want to bring us joy and peace. That, Father, first of all, we've got to run and sit in silence to see the light. As we sing a verse of invitation, you would like to come today and give your life to Christ, or maybe you want to come today and just confess, I am sick and so stinking tired of living in the shadows. I come today, Jesus. I want to see the light. Will you come this morning? Thank you for listening to the Sermon Playback Podcast from Connect Church in Tupelo, Mississippi. Connect Church has two worship services on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 10.30. We sincerely hope you'll visit. For more information and details, or if you have any questions you'd like answered, please visit our website at www.triconnect.church. Again, that's www.triconnect.church.